It's time to be heard. It's time to stand up and be counted. It's time for One Too Many Voices with your host, Love Scopes author, and father of all things One Too, Mark Husson. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of One Too Many Voices. This is a very special edition because we are playing before the end of the world. Uh, This is December 20th. 2012 and everything stops tomorrow and I just wanted to say you have a very special show going where these people have donated their time and their last few precious minutes on earth to talk to you about what is going on. Let me quickly run through the panel that uh, was so brave and so willing to come today. She's a host of a very special radio show on Mondays called Just Say Yes. She is a life coach, a counselor, um, an amazing advisor and intuitive and with a really colorful history, uh, including being a comedian. Uh, She's uh, lively, she's fun, she's caring, and I'm so happy to have her here. Would you please welcome Betsy Gutting? Betsy, are you here with me? Yes. Hey, Mark. Hi. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. Oh, thank you so much for being here. And it's it's very heartfelt. Next in line, we have another uh, beautiful spirit that uh, has been uh, part of a couple of panels so far. Uh, she was uh, recently just on, you may have heard, the uh, divorce panel talking about healing from and uh, working with uh, separation from people that we love. She is uh, originally born in Sweden. She uh, has lived a lot in Finland. I'll let you tell about her, let her tell you about her history. Also represents one of the very loving group of individuals that we have that uh, speaks uh, on one to listen in a very supportive and caring role. Would you please welcome, if you would, Anu Shia Asta. Anu, are you with me? I'm with you. What is the name of your radio show? It's heaven on earth. That's oh, what we're creating. See, that's what we're creating. <laughs> and how perfect for you to be here on the end of the world show because <laughs> the, it's just like so, so ideal. And uh, so you were born in Sweden and you, you have a Finnish background. What, what am I missing up there? Yeah. Um, well, my parents moved to Finland from Sweden when I was just four. So I really grew up and went to school and and everything in Finland and and I have family and cousins and you know family in both countries so nice and nice. about six years ago I decided to move to California with my two children so oh my I'm really gosh. excited well kudos life for changes you. <laughs> yes life changes and you're so brave and and you have such a good heart and I love your mastery of the English language my next guest has also been on another panel with us and he is uh it been just so provocative he's a poet he's a student a seeker he is somebody that I I love his opinion, and he's also a Cancer with a Scorpio moon, so maybe I have a little prejudice there in my like of him. Uh, Please, if you would, welcome a familiar voice, I'm sure, to all of you, and a musician, I forgot to add, Mr. Mark Daniels. Mark, you're with me? Hey, Mark. It's great to be with you guys today. Yeah, it's good to have you on board as well. Lastly, I know none of you have heard of this guy before. He's uh, bearded, he's Egyptian, he is a scholar, and I'm so welcome to bring him onto a premiere show, <laughs> just teasing. He is also the host of an amazing show on One Two Radio called Out of Mo's Mind. He's a dear friend of mine. I've known him for so long. He's like a brother more, and I respect his mind, his heart, and his soul. Please, if you would, welcome Mo Abdelbaki. Mo, are you with uh, me? I'm with you, Mark. Thank you, and I'm happy to spend my 
last moments on this planet with you. <laughs> it's such, me too, Mo. I don't know that I could have done it. It's so good. And I and and since you were my last intro, I want you to be the first person to just kick off the dialogue today. Mo, what is it about the end of the world that is such a fascination to to us? It seems seemingly throughout history. I think we all have an image uh, archetype guy with cardboard walking crazy man walking on the streets holding it the end is here the end is near what is that um that's arrogance in my opinion and <laughs> let me explain that i, I you it. know i think that there is this there are two things that happen one we hate the way society progresses in our lifetime we are born within a certain period and you know there hasn't there's never been i think an age that said Oh boy, society's getting better. <laughs> you know, I think they all say, "Wow, it's getting kind of out of hand." I know that our generation certainly gave our parents' generation fits, um, but there's also, I think, this underlying jealousy that we're not going to be around long enough to really see how things go. Remember, when when the Chinese invented the crossbow, they predicted it would end the world, that mankind would eradicate each other. And and we've survived beyond that. So mm. for me, it's this it's not just fear. It's a little bit of disgust that we have to die. And so what we're saying is, if I've got to go, everyone's got to go. <laughs> and there are many layers of that, but I think in my heart, mm -hmm. that's that's the real basis of it. Wow. Okay. So the the idea being again, just to summarize, that it, it's, it's a it's a basic disgust, a primal fact that we have to leave, and none of us want to leave alone. So if I have to be miserable in this understanding, I'm going to make you miserable in the understanding yes. as well. Okay. Awesome. Hey, do we have any opinions on that, or other our own opinions, <laughs> Betsy? I'll start with you. Well, this is Betsy, Mark. That's a, that's a really deep. <laughs> that's a deep view of it, Mo. I've never thought of it that way. What? Uh, so my view, I guess, sense of it is a little more surface in the sense that that you know we're we're looking at this external source, the Mayan calendar, right, and saying, well, this is what the Mayan calendar says. So this is what's happening. And to me, what's actually kind of luscious and exciting about this whole idea of the end of the world. And by the way, if, we're, if this is the end of the world, the last few minutes, I think we should all be um, on a cruise or something <laughs> like that. We should all be sitting on a tropical beach together. But we, that aside, we are. Um, they don't, that's they don't how I would spend not. the last few minutes of my life, someplace on a beach. But anyway, um, you know, I think what's great about what's really exciting about you know, not that this was that this was triggered in a good way in terms of the end of the world, but to me, it's created this this consciousness about um, how we can shift. You know, the other side of it, how we can shift into a new view of life in a positive way, and how we can catapult ourselves into a higher consciousness of love, which is. Um, very exciting, and if if all of us are thinking that way, or at least it's a large portion of the population is thinking that way, if we can ride that wave, you know, together, then there's something um, really catalytic in a positive way. So, so that's how I'm kind of seeing it. Okay. So, and, and so the idea being that we use it, the fear to kind of bond together and sort of remember what we care about. And, and this idea of the Mayan calendar ending has been kind of rumored for a long, long time. So you're thinking, now, Betsy, but real quick before I leave your thought, if yeah. it wasn't the Mayan calendar, do you think that it would be like after this is over and we're all dead tomorrow and we come back, are we going to have a um, 
are we going to have a another event that's going to trigger the end of the world? I mean, you do remember Y2K, right? I mean, is there something in our psyches about why this has to repeat? Right. Well, I mean, I think that we look for if if we're not focused on our internal world so much in terms of our own shifting of our consciousness, then we're looking at things outside of ourselves to I mean, I think unconsciously we we look for something outside of ourselves to wake us up. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, on some level, we want to be woken up, and so, you know, but often that happens through fear instead of through love. It's a, loosely based on the idea of uh, makeup sex. We also carry this fear of living, not just fear of dying, but we have this fear of living. So we might be, you know, as people creating all these events so that it's kind of gives us hope to not having to deal with our issues Brilliant. and Brilliant. you know there, there's that part um, to this whole thing as well and just having that relief in, in peer um, from from the pain but um, also I think I think the, the having the memory you know from the past maybe past lives where we have experienced the civilizations have died and we, it, it's not really the end, but it's the end of the civilization, and then there's always a new beginning. So we might be reflecting also on those ancient uh, codes that are, you know, within us. Nice. I love the concept of uh, that. This is kind of a distraction from our everyday misery. Sometimes <laughs> just the thought of mm -hmm. like, oh, good, there's something worse than my life happening. <laughs> Hey, Mark, what do you, you think? Know, as an addendum to that, yeah, I have a friend who's no longer, I don't talk to him anymore because I can't get his politics, but he started hoarding guns and food and knives and books on surgery. And he's praying for the end of society as we know it. He's praying for the downfall because he can't stand, he can't make his way in the world. Now, this guy's a genius, IQ, right? right. But he, he's praying for the moment when we go back to martial law and people roaming the streets, like these zombie shows and stuff, this is this is a very common theme. People unhappy with their lives. It's Mo, a, I didn't yeah, know you were friends with Ted Nugent. Uh, this guy is, a, as a matter of fact, a devotee of Ted's. Has met him, knows him, and um, is is on his on his team. Wow. You guys made a music reference that I was completely oblivious to. So Ted Nugent's kind of a whack job now. Is that what um, we're saying? He's uh, definitely in the, well, he's from Michigan, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's into the world. Anything's that's, up for grabs. That's right. <laughs> Mark, what do you from, think? Let's, yeah, let's segue from Ted Nugent to Sartre and Kierkegaard. Okay. <laughs> Keep it fluffy, right? No. <laughs> but there's no exit. There's no exit. Okay. I'm actually tied this in, believe it or not. Go ahead. I love Those that. Those two guys, major philosophers, they said man's biggest fear was being all alone. Okay. So we create all these stories because we feel alone. The God theory, all that stuff. Mm. So if you want to talk about fear, what fear really is is just standing on your own two feet. Wow. I love it. It is deep. And so do you think we create the crisis of the end as a as a supplement to that a concept of fear? I mean, is it, it it does it serve us to live in a state of fear? Why do we embrace it so quickly? I love the idea uh, what Anu said about that we're escaping a certain kind of um you know, boredom and it's and dramatic. Yes, it it's is. Fun. Oh, so it's you think it's just about the fun? 
I think that's part of it. I love sure. that. But you know what? In the meantime, I, I, I told you this, Mark, two years ago, um, my granddaughter turned to me and said, Papa, is the, is the world ending in two years? And I was furious, not at her, of course, but I said, absolutely <laughs> not. And she, and she has worried about it. Now, now it's coming up tomorrow, and she is really worried that tomorrow's the last day. And I said, look, I'll, I'll call you the day after and we'll talk, you know. <laughs> so, but, but here, this is what we're doing to our children. It may be fun, it may be ha-ha-ha, and it may be great, but we are infecting the minds of our children with absolute fear because they don't know any better. It's true, and I agree. I think, though, isn't that what, it's not just into the world talk, it's also, isn't that sort of like how religions have controlled us for so long? Oh, oh yes. So yeah, it's, it's, the, the, and it's really the disconnect from ourselves. I think um, all these, these um, end of the world um, talk is really a sign that we really need to turn within and maybe do more meditating and really connect with that part of ourselves that is eternal, that is always safe and is wise and, and happy. And when we do that, we don't need all this fear-based um, you know, activities anymore so much to keep us going and keep us happy and, and um, on the surface because we are really, it's all about really seeking that meaningful life and, and so uh, yeah. we're infecting our you know, children but it's, it's not on purpose, it's just because that's how we're living in that fear at this time, yeah. so it's about healing. You know, it's so funny. I remember when Solaris got her book out, there was a, um, I think we might have lost one of our participants. Hang on one second. Uh, when Solaris had the um, the book out called, uh, oh my gosh, it was the the one, um, the book on 11-11 and people who saw 11-11. Star the, Children or something? or Yeah, star, star, star Seed or Star's Children. You're right. And so when she had this little, uh, if you saw 11-11 and uh, you were special, you were one of the group. And I remember being so offended by the idea that there was um, there were people who may not have seen 11-11 all the time. Maybe they're seeing 22-22 or, you know, 10 uh, but she made it special and she made it a group and they and they dedicated a lot of their lives and money to become, you know, part of their own clan and, and made themselves really special. I think the idea of specialness is involved in this. And it just reminds me of that sort of like grouping together. Now, religions take advantage of the Mayan ending. They use it. Um, everybody seems to really embrace this concept of we go to our spirituality. And I, so it brings the, the question to all of you. If it really were going to end tomorrow, do you do you have a clue? Is it is it easy? Is it possible that you would know what you would do? And if you do know, what what would it be? What would you do if you really the, they said we're the asteroids coming, the world's going to explode, it's on impact? Would you do what the movies say? And I don't know. Do you, anybody have an idea of that? Uh, I'll chip yes, right in. You know in. me. Um, I would do nothing differently. I look. Here's the deal. Um, this sounds morbid, and my, my wife gets thoroughly annoyed with me when I say this, but to me, death is ever-present because, you know, it can happen in a split second. Mm -hmm. um, all, all it takes is an errant driver or or someone, you know, a mistake or, or some crazy person like these people who went to the, the Batman movie 10 minutes away from my house. So I really do live every day as if it's the last day of my life because, you know what, someday it will be. Mm. Someday it will be. 
And so if I knew the asteroid was coming, I would make sure that I was, you know, talking to my kids, maybe get to see them, my granddaughter. But I would certainly um, spend a lot of time with my golden retriever, uh, you know, petting her, kind of calming myself down a little bit. <laughs> but I wouldn't overeat. I wouldn't. I would just live my life because my life is good. Oh, okay. That's great. Mm. Anybody else? Mm, Take on that's it. That's beautiful. This is yeah, Betsy. Hi, Betsy. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Mo that, um, you know, I think a lot of us just think of family right away. It, no, truthfully, if we got this big announcement that an asteroid was coming, I mean, there would be fear. Let's face it. We're human beings. We have egos. We would be afraid, right? How's it going to feel? I don't want to feel pain. Nobody wants to feel pain. But, you know, then the next thing I think would be um, going toward our families, going toward, or, or, you know, soul family, if not our biological family, going to those people that we love. For me, whenever, you know, I've done the exercise of, I think it's a great exercise to think about your last days in life anyway, to, to write a eulogy, yeah. you know, the kind of eulogy you would want someone to say for you. And so I think I would my spirit would take me to that is what what do I want to leave so to speak and what am I moving into which again brings me back to love and just um, experiencing love in in any capacity and uh, but I think I would go and get that you know uh, 16 ounce venti latte or whatever maybe that's 21 ounce <laughs> I think you know, well you I know they I are going to be around it, making I'm, them for you <laughs> I was thinking that too. I'll go get my food, the junk food I keep passing up. I'm like, well, those people aren't going to be there cooking for me on the last day of the world. That's a good point. Mark. <laughs> Might all have to get get together and make our drinks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, any thoughts? I love that, Mark. I, we interrupted you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I do my best to join the Mile High Club. Oh, <laughs> now, who's going to be flying it? <laughs> it's a little damper and not that much fun. <laughs> So well, maybe that has a point, though. I mean, there, you no, think I that mean, seriously, honestly, yeah, I would be excited, and I would be like, it's funny, like I'm hearing you guys say what your last wishes would be before the end of the world, and I'm thinking to myself, it's so cool how people are different, like their spirits, yeah, mm-hmm. all each have like uniquely different spirits. My spirit would be the same way it is now. I'd be like raging right until the final hour, just like you know. I would I wouldn't want to sit home and like embrace the end of the world. I would be fighting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do. It's like a microcosm for the way I approach life and the way you guys approach life, right? It's always looting more. Mm-hmm. Celebration. Yeah. Looting yeah. And um, you know, baseball bats. So here we go. <laughs> Somebody said oh once that gosh. you we we die like we lived. Uh it, during the there was a time where a lot of my friends or a lot of acquaintances were dying, right? I mean, a lot of the AIDS epidemic was just out of control. And so, you know, you I got a chance to visit some people that were once vital and alive. And they, and, and what I noticed across the board was the, the formality was gone. The need to be kind was gone. The need to be, they just, they weren't unkind, but there was a certain kind of like, I'm cold. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, like yelling at the nurse. I and, mm-hmm. and I wondered if somehow on those last days when you're just like they had nothing to lose, if some of that also comes out. Because I, I can fantasize about it, but I think there's a part of me that goes into denial. So I would always be the just-in-case guy. I would want the metal thing that I'd write a note in and bury or something or, you know, keep on me. Uh, I'd be worried about the fear of the people around me. I'd Like if I had kids, I'd be like, I want to see my kids. But then I'd think, well, they don't want to see me. They want to see the people they love. <laughs> Exactly. But the idea here is fear in general and, and our embrace of it is so freaking familiar as a culture. It's just so familiar. I know each one of us knows we can answer the question what we would do in a time of fear typically because we know fear. And the end of the world fear is no different than like what you said, Mo, I could wake up tomorrow and it could be the last day or watching a parent get sick and knowing that they are. I, my dad Dad said to me three days before he died, you know, at this stage, we're just we're just counting time. That's all we're doing. And he walked in and went to bed and it was like, wow, I know how he feels. It, he there's nothing else left for him. It's just now up to his body to let go. And he was completely unafraid. What he, what is this? So I guess I'm asking you because this to me is sort of like the a goodbye show metaphorically. But do you guys have specific things you do to combat fear? Do you recognize it in you? And and I want to talk about what creates fear in you. What What is the thing, like for some of us, it's financial worries or uh, relational worries or uh, being alone worries. What and, and then how do you combat it, if, if at all? And it's up for debate. Anybody wants to jump in, they can. Well, I believe um, personally uh, a very good way of tackling fear is lifting myself to a state of gratitude and when I look things around me or and within me who I am in with gratitude and where I am in life and also compassion is another thing to look at yourself with compassion and not not too judgmental but really the gratitude uh, for me does the trick and and it helps me focus on all the wonderful things in life and it just kind of almost automatically uh, takes away uh, the edge of the fear or or helps manage it or takes it away completely. I think gratitude is incredibly healing. When you're emotion. in a situation, Anu, you have your sons, and we're not allowed to count them as a thing of gratitude, but just because it's <laughs> a, the game I'm playing right now. But if you're in the time of um, when you're having those moments of fear, what do you pick for? First, let's say that you're not making the money you wanted to make, but you're, you know, you have your boys and you're grateful for that, of course. But what, what's the on your list of gratitude? Can we ask a couple things that yeah. you, you immediately go to? Well, I think I go with being me. Yeah. <laughs> just that feeling, just that, um, I, I, this, I guess it's the soul, the, the energy that just, you know, when, when I go into the state of gratitude, I feel like I'm expanding (laughs) and it feels good. And I think it's this connection with the source energy. It's my connection with the angels. It just brings me a lot of comfort and, um, yeah, just overall connection with the spirit. 
I okay. love that. Well, Anu, if I was you, I'd be grateful for being you too. It's very with each of you. Yeah, I mean, there's such lovely things. Now, okay, so there's a Mark. How how about you and fear? What is it when you're in the midst of it? In this, in when it's starting to consume you? Maybe if you share a little bit about what what is the like a couple of your big top ten, you know, top two of the top ten fears you have, and how do you combat them? Yeah, I mean. Like fear, I'm not going to be naive. I mean, fear is so ever present in yeah. me yeah. that I don't look to like overcome it anymore. Like yeah. I don't like look to beat it, quote unquote. Yeah. And what I do now is I um I live with it, like, and I manage it, like it. Wow. It's part of my everyday process. Yeah. And it actually, believe it or not, is contributing to my success and my productivity. Ooh, it gets me out of the house every day. Like it pushes me. Gotcha. Not an enemy anymore. When you change that thinking like it's an enemy and it becomes like an ally. Mm-hmm. It plays. Mark and his guests will be right back after this short intermission. Hi, this is Betsy Gutting, host of Just Say Yes at 12radio.com. I am so happy to have found a nourishing, supportive home with the 12 family, my true soul family. Being here allows me to share my passion, purpose, and gifts with you. Thank you so much for listening, for courageously calling into the show to get support and share your life, and for honoring me with your trust. I am so grateful for the 12 family and for you. This is Laura Lozano, and I remember the day I became a one-two listen advisor. My heart jumped with excitement. I was so happy to be part of this amazing family. It is such a profound honor to walk beside every person I speak with and share their journey. What a blessing to be on one-two radio and share the journey and wisdom and community. The one-two family has made a big difference in my life, and I'm very grateful. Mark Hassan and the One Two Family. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Hassan. A wise man once suggested that we not grieve for the things we do not have, but rejoice in what we do. That is why, on behalf of the One Two Family, I want to thank each of you for your participation, your presence, and your continued extensions of kindness. It is in you that we find our courage and desire to continue. For without you, we could not exist. Wishing you boundless experiences of joy, much like what you give us each and every day. about what's really important to listen to my heart and to let it all in. This is Carrie Lee loving you forever. 
Aloha. This is Anushi Asta, host of Heaven on Earth on One Two Radio. I absolutely love being a part of One Two Family. It's a community where we share the dream to help change lives. I am grateful for this amazing experience and to be connecting with you through One Two. And now, another note from you. Read by us. I fell in love with Mark at Hay House Radio and learned of OneTwoRadio.com. I just recently began to indulge in the daily One-Two Radio shows while at work, and I am hooked. What top-notch, top-of-their-game souls who live their passions and gratefully share with us all. Each show has such a unique personality. I learn so much, and I'm always able to interact in the chat room, which is a treasure all on its own. I love you all. Thank you. Tina. I found all things one two this past summer as I was going through many changes in my personal life. I felt lonely, scared, and sometimes hopeless. Through the guidance of one two, I've been given the gift of looking deep inside myself with a new perspective. I respect the honesty of the one two radio hosts. I am on a journey of transformation, and I'm so glad One Two is a part of it. I have met wonderful people and made new Facebook friends. It's a win-win. Kim. If you'd like to be a guest on a panel, drop a note to voices at one two radio dot com. And now here's Mark. Not an enemy anymore. When you change that thinking, like it's an enemy, and it becomes like an ally, mm-hmm. it plays. What would be the? What would be one of your top ten fears? Just one of them. My fears are not like death or dying. It's um, disintegration, like waste. Um, you know, l- losing teeth, getting older. <laughs> Those type. I mean, I'm very OCD like that, you know. I love that. No, it's good. I have an image of my old age. You do? Oh, I do. And it's going to be in a home somewhere or one of my unfortunate children who makes the mistake of inviting me in. And I'm going to play the bagpipes every now and then, but I'm going to listen to Inagata De Vida every day and do LSD. Really? Really? to be my old age. Wow, that's quite an image, Mo. Make mushrooms. Yeah, I'm no. Oh my gosh. I gave that stuff up so long ago. I think it would be nice to do again when I'm about 90. I'm kind of like agreeing <laughs> with you there. I would love so, to see someone go there. Go ahead, Betts. <laughs> okay, so this is such a juicy topic. I have to chime in. Um, you know, I, for me, there's two different kinds of fear. There's the kind of fear that I call exhilarated fear, which um, is me, is my soul saying, do this next scary thing. And um, like I told you, Mark, when you asked us to be on this show, it seems like I have this this inner drive to challenge myself and do things that are really scary. And, you know, I kind of honestly wish I didn't have that because, <laughs> because I do. I sign up for things and then I say, why did I do that? The fear comes in immediately, right? Yeah. But what I've noticed is that when I say yes, to, and I do that, like I actually have done a timeline of my life and it seems like every two years I shake up my life in some way. 
And it's, I think it's not my ego, obviously doing it. It's my spirit saying, let's, let's live more fully. And so, so, so I call it exhilarated fear. And what I do um, with that is now kind of like Mark is saying, you know, definitely turning it into an ally, but I'm pretty kinesthetic. And so now I've just been like feeling it, moving into it, you know, because I've learned that it really is a feeling and an energy, an emotion and an energy that you can actually just move into and feel it. And then that really takes its power away. I mean, that's one thing. I have a whole, you know, I'm a life coach, so I have a million tools. But that's <laughs> one of the tools that I use. What know? did you think of what Mark said about um, we, him managing fear? We, like, let's just accept the fact we are fear. We're filled with it. And that life is, is kind of managing it. It made sense to me. I, do you agree that well, yeah. it is? Oh, yep. yeah. I mean, if you're alive, you're afraid. You, you feel fear. I feel fear on a, on a daily basis. I'm, you know, I think a lot of us who are really sensitive and do um, intuitive healing work or just people who listen to shows like this, I mean, we're all healers, everybody, yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, we all, I think we, we are, are more prone to anxiety because, you know, we were, whatever happened in our lives as kids, we were sort of always looking for, to the, we were very sensitive of our environments and what might happen next. And so that kind of wires in this, um, this fear, but but yeah, I mean, I agree with Mark. You just, it's part of life. And there is something that's really freeing about going, oh yeah, there's going to be fear. I mean, every sing, every time I do my radio show, there's the fear. I can say, oh, I'm so relaxed. I feel great. And then right before I go on, there's the fear. Yeah. I had a stand up in front of a class last week and I was so confident going in. Like mm -hmm. I said, so I got this, no problem. I stood up in front of the class and my throat <laughs> actually seized on me. Oh wow! Yeah, that ha that's but so normal, right? Didn't speak a word anymore. <laughs> wow! And then what happened? Epic fail. <laughs> I'll tell a quick story if you don't mind. First of all, I I find I I don't uh, gosh I don't know how to say this without sounding like an, a jerk, but I I am bored by fear. To me, fear is boring <laughs> and it's tedious, and I have no I and other people I understand it, but in in me, when I find fear, I get annoyed. It's like what the that's boring. That's just. Now, here's a quick story. At one time, I was involved very heavily in Freemasonry, and I was supposed to give a, a speech on Islam, the religion, because my parents were Muslim. Um, and I'm not saying I am, and I'm not saying I'm not. But the point is, is that it, this thing was, was set for the, for the uh, Tuesday or whatever it was after 9-11. Now, this was, of course, set before 9-11. Oh, so 9-11 occurred... And this speech that I was supposed to give, usually you'd have 30, 40 people. There were 600 people there <laughs> because they wanted to hear what the fat boy was going to say about this religion. And so I sat on that stage, and the first guy they had come up was, was a guy from Homeland Security to explain that we were all safe, right? Wow. And the second guy was something else. And then I had to get up, and you could hear the crowd murmuring, you know, like, oh, if he says something wrong. And these are people supposedly I knew, or I knew, knew supposedly, whatever. And I let it flash through me for a minute, the fear. And then I thought, man, this is one hell of a good story. And I just launched in, you know, and I had the ride of my life. They were challenging me. They were, and, you know, it was really, there was an exhilaration to it, but the fear part, it, it was it was electric, right? And then once I got over that, it went very, very well. 
I think fear, there's a reason for it. There are times when we, we are in danger. That's what fear is for. Fear is to keep us alive, to help us survive. But when fear becomes systemic and it becomes a way of life, then we are no longer living. We are living on the run all the time. I, am, I don't like to run unless I'm being chased. So, mm-hmm. so the, go, there's a difference between then the fear of there's something bad here I'm picking up and I, you know, or there's a fire in the other room and fear of just expecting the worst. No? Or is it they are they all just the same, just different reasons to be there? I just want to chime in on one little thing right now because there's, there's a genetical component to fear. Mm-hmm. That people don't often recognize. Interesting. Like our parents and our ancestry, we inherit that through the chromosomes. You know, like so, my mother was an, an incredibly fearful person. So when she was carrying me, I didn't. You know, I just got it through her um, umbilical cord. You know, mm. like there's there's different people. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the we, DNA factor. Yeah. Right. And can I chime in on that, too? I mean, that, um, you know, we all may have something to say on this, that I I agree with Mark that that we inherit it, so to speak. And the beautiful thing is we can rewire that. We can transform that. I mean, we can trans we can shift our biology. Right. With all these tools that um, that we've learned and that we share, which to me is really the exciting thing. And that's the great the positive about fear is that every single time we feel it. We have an opportunity to to shift it. We'll make a decision, but also to actually shift our biology. Like I feel that when I'm going into the fear and feeling it in my body and feeling it dissolve, and that is shifting my DNA when I do that. Wow. So um, giving it like a color and a location, those kind of things, like some techniques to just make it real, like identify it that way. I think that's a great um, tool, Mark. That's a really good tool. And I do that with my clients sometimes. And then other times, like if you're, I'm at the, you know, I'm really aware of where it is in my body immediately when I feel it. So I can just move into it and feel it. But yeah, giving it a color, a temperature, mm-hmm. um, what size it is, is it all of those things are, really help us to stay present with it. Yeah. In terms of practical solutions, mm-hmm. I take bath with uh, chamomile. Nice. What happens? You notice your mind settling down? Yeah, it's like a relaxation technique, you know? Are we all in agreement that the mind is pretty much the source of fear? Yeah. <laughs> okay. The well, mind can be a bad neighborhood. So we can really observe what the mind is doing. We have so many thoughts, and a lot of those thoughts are are old programming from whether they're genetically um, in us or or we've learned to think in a certain way and when we relax we can we can kind of um, re- remove and release and let go of some of those thoughts that really don't don't serve us at all and I think observing thoughts and observing what the fears are is a really powerful tool as well and then you can ask yourself is this true for me now because oftentimes the fears that we have are about something that is about to happen in the future sometime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, uh, of course, there's a fear that uh, what is going to happen right now, and that is a survival fear, and we need that in order to um, stay safe. But um, And that fear can come to the pot body and just be released when the fear is no longer needed, when we don't need the adrenaline or whatever, uh, the fear kind of um, helps us um, helps us in the, in the 
difficult situation, but really thinking about what is true for me now and, and just thinking about that and that will help maybe yeah. breathe it out or use whatever relaxation technique to, to just you know, let go. Another aspect to this mm-hmm. you don't really look at very often and that's there are systemic fears that are societal and that are being a human being. Well, for example, the last time I read Dracula, I was, and I've read the book many, many times, but the last time was a couple of years ago, and I was stunned at how racist it is. It's, it's not racist, it's classist. Mo, are you talking about the Bram Stoker version? Yes, I am, the, the 1895, yeah. uh, uh, you know, God, whatever. I was, and I, I realized something, so I did some research and found out, you know, the book Dracula is, has been the foundation for the entire vampire business ever since. And one of the things that the book is really about was an influx of Eastern European nobility who had, you know, questionable amounts of money, who came to, who came to London, came to the UK, or went to the UK, I'm not there, and bought up property, didn't fix it up, and married English women. That's what Dracula is really about. Huh. It's a the fear <laughs> and the delusion of the British blood. And when you read it in that way, it makes perfect sense. You know, it's what it's about. These guys were dashing and daring and they were heroes in their countries and they come over. They had sucked their entire area dry uh, by bleeding the poor people to death through taxes and everything else. And so they, they went to, to England to make their fortunes. That's the real story behind Dracula. And when you realize that that fear gave birth to one of the most incredible <laughs> designs, you have to say, not so bad. Right? How do we uh, embrace that self-talk uh, that and turn it into kind of self-love and then allow ourselves to have the experience and get... Well, Mark, this is Betsy. So yesterday, it's just something really fresh that came up when you said that on my mind, is yesterday I was working with a client and she's trying to... And this is just really common. She's trying to make a decision about a new career move, right? And whether to take this course, yeah. but she's unclear. And so, you know, for... I do this with my clients all the time and with myself all the time. I actually do this most mornings before I even get out of bed, which is to, again, go within and imagine that there's that little child inside of you and comfort that child. You know, whenever we're in fear, it's that young, reactive part of us that isn't um, up to speed, that isn't really us like a new set. It's not really who we are. So going in and just putting my, I put my arms around her and I stroke her hair and I look in her eyes and I tell her how beautiful she is and how much I believe in her. And, you know, every time I do that with my clients, um, there's always often tears. There's always a shift with that. There, mm. it, there's, you know, and I just feel my heart then. Okay, okay now I'm back to who I really am. What a, I have nothing to be afraid of. Mm. You know? So what 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 do you all could identify as we come to around the bend here as something that you can are willing to say or can identify as a fear you actually have overcome? Anybody? Um, I'll I'll pitch in. I the first house I actually remember living in because my parents in faculty housing and so on. But the first house was haunted, and um, um, it was terrible. It was absolute i was fearful 
and wow. I could sleep at night and I could feel these energies and could catch glimpses and they hated me. Uh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, when you say you're afraid, I get scared. I'm like, no, not you. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> hey, Mark, I would just say in response to that question is, um, I've never overcome any fears. Okay. I've you never overcome them? a single one. Like that word overcoming. Yep. It's more about coping. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there, and do you feel that's true, Mark, for everybody? And Mo, we'll come back to the conclusion of your no, story. No, it's not true for everybody. Oh, okay. So you really recognize the fears as present and you've learned to, uh, have you learned to turn the volume down? Yeah, absolutely. Like you guys were saying earlier about being ultra sensitive. You know, yes. when you're ultra sensitive, you're kind of going to pick up on all kinds of nuances that other people are not really feeling. Correct. So when you get that in your body, in your energetic circle, things are bound to like get a little confused. You know what I mean? Right. Okay, that makes that makes good sense. And then we have this media and this culture. Every time you turn on the TV, it's just oh. fear. fear Unbe- oh fear. yeah, we could go on about that too. How we're yeah. fed it. Yeah, hey, Mo, how did you overcome the haunted house? I did overcome it. Um, I actually saw a ghost in that house. It was a terrible experience. Um, it was it was a tough time for me. And one day, and this was as a kid. Uh, while we were still in that house, we finally moved out when after my brother was born, my mom walked into the house and there was a rat on his chest uh, hmm. glaring at her. Ah. Uh, he ran away and we had exterminators come and they said, there are no rodents in this house. So, <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> I said to my mom, see? See? Anyway, so I went into the bathroom, which was uh, had no window, and and it was an old house, and closed the door and stood in the pitch dark. Um absolutely horrified, terrified, and said, come get me. Oh. I was oh. like, and I have never, and, and so eventually, after about 20 minutes, it was over. I had broken whatever it was. Now, just a, a quick addendum. Recently, I had a very amazing dream where I was back at that house. Interesting. And I, inside of it, and I felt the entire fear come back, and I was paralyzed and then loved it. <laughs> mm. And I'd like to add to that. Um, I also maybe in the past I was uh, afraid of the ghosts, and and but the more you learn to understand the spirit world, the more it loses power. And right now, if if I would say a ghost, uh, and occasionally there are some spirits that walk by or try to get my attention. I'm just, this is my home. You don't belong here. I have Archangel Michael here, who's a warrior angel who um, kind of watches over. And I have those tools to work with the ghosts. So I believe that if you... Um, let go of that fear, you become really boring to the ghost. So they like to, to go to the fear. But my personal fear that I've overcome, I believe, is uh, fear of not having enough money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a, yeah, That's been a big fear for me. Um, about a decade ago, I got divorced and I was suddenly with two children, small ones, little, little boys, and, and my ex-husband left me with a lot of... Um, a lot to pay and and uh, it was really difficult so I was really deep into the fear and how I got 
out of that and and of course I'm like partially still working on it but it's a million light years away from where I was and I feel like I really trust that the money is always coming from somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> and I always do have enough and my tools I started using affirmations and self-talk and talking to myself in the mirror and uh, eventually I created the angel light hypnosis method so I really believe that changing those thoughts even if it feels superficial at first because you say oh I have a I have always enough money and every month you realize you don't have enough money it feels superficial it feels fake but once you do that a little you know you persistently keep doing it it changes the way you think and when you change the way you think everything else changes and suddenly it you turn around so I'd like to close by first thanking each and every one of you for showing up and talking about this on the last day potentially of the world and that you took the time here to share your thoughts and feelings and hopefully this could be immortalized. Um, as we say goodbye, I want each of you, if you would, to give us a little piece of who you are, where people can find you. And uh, I hope every single person in this room knows that I will have you back because I love being in this room with you. Uh, Mark Daniels, tell us, Mark, what what you do, where people can find you. I read a beautiful poem of yours uh, yesterday. I would love people to to know if you're sharing those poems, where, and your music, etc. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm on iTunes if you want to just plug in Charlus, C-H-A-R-L-U-S, you can find me really easily. But on Facebook, it's such a great venue to interact with people like you guys and Anu and Betsy and Mo. It's Charlus Music. Just, you know, Facebook backslash Charlus Music. Perfect, perfect. And and you clearly are um, allowing people to come in and say hi. I love that and like your page. And, and maybe Absolutely. every once in a while you'll friend them. Um, <laughs> so moving around the bend, Mo, you've got news going on? No, what? What's going on with you? On this, the last full day of the world, yeah. I made the decision to move out of Mo's mind to Wednesdays. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> the Wednesdays that will never be again. I love that. At what time, Mo? Um, at 9 a.m. Pacific, which is obscenely early, but that's okay. I'm good with it. So Because it's the last day, I'll never have to do it. No, I love that. You know what I like about you on Wednesday mornings, Mo? I like the idea that you can give us a little set the tone for the over the hump day and the rest of the week and sort of talk to us about what the planets are doing or what whatever topic that comes out of Mo's mind. And you, anything else, Mo? You doing, you, you're on one, two, listen, of course. And I, um, I'm on there uh, a lot, and um, I do I do readings, and I'm uh, an author in Mark's Power Peak. Uh, I like that guy. A remarkable and author. That every week, and so I'm having the time of my life. I've never had a better time, so that's what I'm doing. Well, oh, and sure. I have to endorse and underscore the fact that Mo is, um, if you've never had a reading from Mo, he is also a master of the Crowley Tarot, not just because he looks at the pictures and goes, that's a pretty picture and this is what it means. It's because he understood from where the art originated. It's a mind-blowing experience. If you haven't had that experience, would you please go have that experience so you know what the hell I'm talking about? And also look for Mo's classes at 1-2 Academy. 
Betsy Gutting, you are such a little light sprite here, and I am so happy that we met. Now, I credit you with getting me on Facebook because it was Betsy. I did get you on Facebook. It took some arm twisting. It really did. But I finally got you there. And she was really (laughs) gentle, and she helped me overcome a fear I had. She really did by by saying the exact thing she must have known I was thinking about what my resistance was. So thank you for that, Betsy, because I have really embraced it, and as you see, as you know. Now, we you tell did, everybody about you and where what you do and, and, mm-hmm. and what how the heck they get a hold of your services. Okay, well, I am dedicated. I mean, this is how I live my life, doing this work. I have started with myself and love doing it with people. And um, so, yes, I, the best way to stay connected with me is to please get on my newsletter because I write inspiring articles every month that inspire me, and I really want to share that with you. So that is on my website, Betsy, B-E-T-S-Y-G-U-T-T-I-N-G.com, BetsyGutting.com. Sign up for my newsletter. And uh, this, and I always do free stuff, too. So you'll get free stuff. And uh, this month, in fact, I'm doing a December coaching special, which is super discount discounted. So definitely, if you get on my newsletter, you'll get that. And then my show, Just Say Yes. Mondays at 12 noon, and please call in for support because it's a chance to get support and it's a chance for us to connect. And I really, really love doing the show, and I, I'm just I love this work. So thank yeah. you, Mark, for giving me an opportunity to mm. to do it with the One Two family. I am really blessed. Well, I want to say I'm so grateful you just said yes to the invitation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I am, and and really you guys Betsy your coaching is a really interesting thing it's about supporting people if they feel an obstacle in their life and or if they want to oh, have yeah. a goal they want to set so it's really good stuff oh, and yeah. last but certainly not least the lovely Anu I am just loving learning about you and your life you now you, in order Mark is a Cancer Mo is a Taurus Betsy is a Gemini and Anu is a Capricorn and you'd hear Anu talk a lot about um, facing life and confronting some of these things and picking yourself up and walking forward. You're a great representation of strength and courage and wisdom. Anu, I'm so happy that you're with us. Tell people how to find you and what you're up to. Well, I do have my weekly um, radio show, Heaven on Earth, here on 12radio.com. Um, talk a lot about making life you know, beautiful, making dreams come true. I'm also an author um, of two books published in Finland right now coming to, uh, they're being translated at this time. It's about uh, creating heaven on earth. <laughs> of course, that's, nice. that's my theme right now. I want to help people really overcome fears and, and creating, believing in dreams and, and making them uh, come true. And uh, you can stay connected with me. Um, my website, anushiasta.com, that's A-N-U-S-H-I-A-S-T-A.com. And there's a newsletter, so that's how you can really find out what's going on. And, and I'm on Facebook, um, Anushi Asta Facebook page, and wanttolisten.com. Uh, mm. <laughs> I love that. And I love the fact that you are focusing on heaven on earth. The last time I ever said that phrase was I was at a casino bathroom and sat on a heated toilet and I said this is heaven no, on earth so I have a lot to learn I believe it's possible I believe it's possible I believe it too mm-hmm. it's the end of the world as we know it it's the, it's the end of the world as we know it it's, it's the end of the world as we know it and I feel fine